to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. We love a link tree because it's got all the ways you can help support Block Talk. Visit linktree.com slash michaelblocktalk to click on the links. We've got a link to Redbubble where you can purchase all of your Block Talk merchandise from t-shirts to mugs to hoodies to totes available in a variety of styles. Another link is all the platforms you can listen to the podcast plus links to PayPal, Venmo, and buy me a coffee should you feel the desire to tip a host. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok on MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Heading back to the north of the border as 11 new goddesses vie for the crown, but this premiere has a twist. First impressions are key. It's time to talk all things Canada's Drag Race 4. And joining me, myself, and I is Ophelia Johnson. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? Listen, I'm doing great. Friends, if you know me and you know this podcast, you know what I'm about to tell you. I officially am nominated for a Glam Award for Best Podcast. And not one, but two drag race queens are up in the same category. So, friends, let's take down Monet Exchange and Jan Sport. Yes, do it. All I can hope for is maybe they split the vote and then the people who won last year randomly, just they don't have people who i i'm not winning at this point i'm just gonna hopefully go and look fabulous um exactly. and it's two days after my birthday so people better fucking buy me booze so i can get drunk and drown in my sorrow but yes um this is the second nomination for the glam award 20 of 2023 slash 2024 um it's 12 total i'm a 12 time loser i'm already predicting um if i do win someone can play this back and be like no you're not a 12 time loser and i'll be like thank you thank you only an 11 time loser only 11 time loser. <laughs> only 11 oh, yeah. uh, it's not gonna happen not gonna happen all right uh candace drag race for um give me your initial thoughts give, give, give me give me like 12 words okay i'm gonna make you do math give me 12 words 12 words uh <laughs> not math um I definitely think I like the format, (laughs) but everyone on the hosting panel's faces are too pumped. Oh, that's 13. So close. So close. Um, Well, you said it, not me. And you know what? Here's what I'm going to say. As always, must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us, reality production. We are shown the editing of television show wants to see. We were asked what is presented yesterday, the real people and gone on to go and tell them to share the crap, but they've also put themselves in a position to discuss what's said in the podcast for entertainment to discuss reality television show. And I only say that because when you talk about the pump faces, that's not their fault. It's true. Correct. There was not a there was not a forehead wrinkle in sight. Listen, uh, Brooke and I are a bit I think she might be like slightly older by like a year. Um, I have not had a thing done to this stunning face. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I age well, I guess. I guess. I guess I will age well. Um, let's go into this because we're going to talk about that face because I have thoughts too. Yeah. The show opens a bit differently. We're not saying hi to the Queens just yet, but Brooklyn Heights, who she did look hot. I'm sorry. The, I said it. The mullet's gone. The trade is here. I would. I absolutely would. 
Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get onto the mullet train either. Mm-mm. Um, also in drag. Why? Why? Why y'all do that? Don't wear a mullet in drag. Nira, I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, she tells us that we are in a whole new era of Canada's drag race. She tells us that the the queens don't know that the game is about to change like never before. They are going to have more power, which means great responsibility, but more on that later. And well, that's all well and good, but we're not going to find out. We're not going to find out about it till next week. Correct. To tease it this hard and then be like, oh, but I you're going to have to I stay knew, tuned. I knew Brooklyn was a cock tease. We all saw what she did to Vanjie, <laughs> but this was just rude. Like, at least tell us so we can be a win- in on it, but whatever. Get to getting tuned in for next week. Anyway, Brooklyn tells us that we start things off with a premiere ball where the queens will show off three looks and it all will be judged. If that sounds familiar, Drag Race listeners, it should, but we're going to talk about that later. Let's just get in. Category is First Impressions. In honor of the entrances, we will play Impressed, or like me every day, Depressed. (laughs) All right. I I connect to that. They say men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and everyone knows I have a humongous personality her name is venus she is 27 years old and she is the untucked uncut unfilled queen of season four and right off the bat crushable what a cutie pie yes very very attractive very much reminds me of that do you remember that actress from uh urban legends she's definitely the one with the curly hair and the mole like, that's asking my brain to go back. In I time. know. Wow, that's hard. Late nineties, early two thousands. Ah, I wow, can't remember her name. Um. Well, she says the other queen should be scared of her because look at her. She's Venus, goddess of love, and confident to the max. She says Venus is the hottest planet in the solar system. Is that accurate? I don't remember science things. Sam's no. Okay. Main I didn't think schools. it was because it was like, isn't that like the second planet or something? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, you think whatever. Mercury would be like the hottest because so. it's right there. Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't know. Maybe we're wrong. Um, she says she's a little bit toxic. That never bodes well. We're going to talk about her personality throughout this episode because preseason, I was like, yeah, I'm so Team Venus. And this episode, I was like, did I put my cart behind the right horse? Yeah, it's hard when you see just those little snippets and you think you're picking the right choice and then you're like, wait, what have I done? Well, she is touting her crushed velvet blue fantasy because if you stay untucked, you don't have to get untucked. How long has she been practicing that line in the mirror? (laughs) Too long, too long. All right, her look by Roderick, hair by Drag Daddy Wigs. I think this is very simple and in an era of drag race where you bring something you don't want to get ruined yet still showcase yourself, it works. I love the crushed blue velvet. It's, I think the branding is right. I think the skirt reveal, well, she's just asking us all to look at it the entire season. It was an invitation. I think she knows who she is. And I think because of her aura, people might find it grating. I don't mind the confidence, but this look didn't exude the spark that matches the confidence. But with an entrance look that might get destroyed in a potential mini challenge, I understand her approach. For me, safe. Yeah, I definitely agree. Safe. Uh, The thing was, is with the cut of it, you couldn't tell that she was untucked. Like, with the cut of it, it very much looked like 
tucking was happening, even though, you know, there was a little texture. Is it possible she... You never know. We don't know. And I'm... Viewers, I am sure (laughs) you all are watching the show. I am sure someone has posted on the Drag Race um, Bibbidi Bob Bad Things Reddit. I'm sure it's out there. Um, I'm not going to go searching for it. Oh, yeah. You can tell us. You can tell us. us Yeah. I I always live by that saying, sister dick makes you sick, so I am good. No, good thing that I'm not a drag queen. Okay, I'm kidding. All right, I'm going to give her an impressed, a very soft impressed. Uh, I think I'm going to lean a little bit more towards soft depressed. Audience very confused. 56% impressed, 44% depressed. Oh, look, we voted correctly. Yeah, now she is the first one there, and then we see her walk right back out. Uh, Why? Now, we obviously had that teaser before, and well, they're new here, so maybe they don't know their instructions, or maybe they all think they're the first ones of the season, and this is how it works. Why do you think it mattered that they didn't do the typical entrance with everyone? Did you miss the banter and excitement of the queens watching others come in? Yes, because it's also nice because you're able to see the connections that they have with other people. So when they all entered the workroom in one big mass, it was like, what's happening? Who knows who? Yeah. All right. I can't help being a trans icon. It's in my genes. What an entrance line. Very smart. Very brandable. It's Denim. And she's your favorite socially awkward hairy bimbo clown. She says she is originally from Prince Edward Island. So she is a maritime girl born and raised. But she lives in Montreal. Now you're you you live closer to the Canada land. Um, where's <laughs> Prince Edward Island? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like to the northeast of us, of Maine. So colder, colder of you. Yes, colder. She tells us that she is a trans man under all the buffoonery and says it's validating to be there and show the world that trans men can do drag and they can do it well. We love that narrative. Can't wait to see how she brings it. The look is by Hannah R. Fisher, hair by Heaven Genderfuck. This look is something. It's very Y2K in the sense that it's denim on denim, literally. I think there are elements I really like and some that I don't. I know why she did the blue hair, and while it is styled well, I'm not living for the two-tone because it does cheapen it because that one shade is very plastic. Love the mug, love the studs. I don't care for the belts, but again, it fits with the fantasy that they're trying to give off. Uh, it leans on the realm of being too much, but still mm. it's fun to look at. Sure. Like to see everything together is very fun to look at. And I, I'm really obsessed with the like separated hair where mm-hmm. there's like hardware in between hair. Yeah. I, really I just like wish that. it was like the dark blue. I don't know. The, the light blue in drag sometimes is like, well, okay. I feel you. It's very reflective. Yeah, it is. It is. I'll give her an impressed. Yeah, I'm going impressed as well. Audience agrees. 88% impressed, 12% depressed. And then Denim is out the door, and that will be the trend. So let's zoom on through and meet the rest of the queens. Kiki Ko, why are you screaming? Sucks to say that line to an empty room. Honestly, if I were on the production team or a camera person and knew what was happening, I would have laughed my ass off. But alas, they're not allowed to have reactions. Kiki is confused where everyone is. But alas, that's how this little game is going to work. She is Kiki Ko, and she says that she is the fashion queen of season four. She is 35 from Ottawa and says she is a legend and an icon. 
Her biggest strength is fashion and designing. She is known for making costumes for other queens. Y'all, go back in time and see what she has designed. She is going to be a force to be reckoned with. She says she can sew, she can serve the looks, she can dance, she can perform. What else do you want? I mean, good acting, smart choices, funny. I'm sorry, that was a rhetorical <laughs> question. Sorry about it. Her look. Harnessed by Daniel Mendel, uh, hair by G.L. Walton, nails by Funeral Face Nails. So I guess she didn't make all the things she's wearing. We're going to discuss this little twist in a bit, but I think this was a great look. She has a real strong eye for bringing an overused concept with a body harness and marrying it to her culture. I think the hair is immaculate. Red and black are powerful colors to go together, but it was very smart to go with gold instead of silver. Love the gloves. Love this cyberpunk element. I'm excited for what's to come. There's there is this fine line of where she might be wearing just like one too many things. Like sure. there's this theme that I'm getting with her where there's like one too many things. Like maybe if we dealt with some of the subtleties and sometimes like, you know, it is drag, but sometimes just that one little one thing less. One thing yeah. leave us guessing. What, wait, you know? I'm looking at it now. What would you take off? Uh it probably the the arm ruffle. The okay. Arm okay. Thing. Yep. 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 I can. I, yes, I can see that because it does kind of blend in when when it's up in the hair. Correct. I'm still going to give her an impressed. Same. Impressed. Audience: ninety-two percent impressed, eight percent depressed. Luna Dubois. Well, this doesn't look like Fashion Week. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's Luna Dubois. She's twenty-four years old from Toronto by way of Nigeria. She says she is the shadiest person you're ever going to meet. The girls are not ready for her. <laughs> Let's see. I will say that I'm going to need her to amp up the personality and quick. This cast has some bold personas and I can see her falling behind quickly. Yep. She's just saying she's the bitch and that's fun. But like when everyone's talking, she I forget about her. She will tell us she is the look queen of the season and a fashion icon. She is about the face and the body all the time and says she is everything you need from a queen. Okay. Well, for the entrance look, she tells us she's giving you flirty but edgy. Let's discuss. Look by Homo Milk Studio, here by Luna. I do like the colors with the orange and black, but put the late six pants and gloves over this sherbet dress. Not my favorite idea. Does she pull it off? Absolutely. She can get away with serving look like this. She is confident in the garment and the face, and that's where the focus is, is really the face. She's painted for the gods. That She's got that bitch wig on. She served a good package, but overall, I was a little underwhelmed. Uh, definitely her face card does not decline. Like the face, the hair, all of that is correct. But yes, I do think that the two pieces are very disjointed where the black latex really doesn't go with the orange shore sherbet color. It's not my favorite. And yes, I do agree with your comment about her personality is that there needs to be layers and a little bit more to be like desired. an onion. <laughs> yes. I'm going to give her a soft impressed. I'm going to give her a soft depressed. Audience 64 impressed, 36 depressed. CC superstar, don't eat your hearts out, ladies. That's my job. I guess she wasn't allowed to say butts, maybe. I don't know. Uh, did Kim Chi come back? Where can this bitch walk? I don't understand. How are you doing drag for so long and you don't know how to walk? Yeah, uh, you you kind of have to do that yeah. in just everyday life, you know? 
So it's like, have you never put one of these shoes on and taken a couple steps, like, or both of the shoes on? Yeah, it's CC Superstar, and she is the goth bimbo back alley Barbie of Montreal City, and her confessional shirt is screaming dark Jimbo. Why a Western shirt? Why the hell not? But I, do you understand why I think it's dark Jimbo? It's yeah. like the inverse of each other. It's wild. She also goes, I'm a goth, and then here's a cowboy shirt. Okay. Um, we see you. She says a signature sissy look would be if Elvira and Jennifer Coolidge had a baby. She calls herself the queen of the sewers because she is the queen of the underground of Montreal. She is best known for being an event organizer, DJ, and visual artist, and the messiest queen of Montreal. And that makes all the sense because her goal was to come in the workroom, look like a bad bitch, and spooky and delicious. And, um... Delicious? <laughs> what's, what's, what's delicious? We're, define delicious for me. Do you know what the answer is? I don't know what delicious is. I, I don't... Okay. I'm just going to destroy her all episodes. Let's just get ready, friends. Look by Gabrielle Drolet, McGuire, Hair and Choker by Nothing. And that's a nothing with an X. Listen, she called herself so messy, so I'm going to, too. I'm not here for this Halloween light look. I think the stoning of the cowboys is a bit of pedestrian. The mug is getting spoopy for the gig. I think the face and the tights and the breastplate are all a different color. If you told me she was about to compete on WWE's WrestleMania race, I might believe you. Oh, my God. I am underwhelmed. Please, someone advise me why Cece is a good drag artist that deserves to be on this show. Yeah, uh, I felt very much the same. Uh, just because you can afford, you know, expensive drag doesn't mean that you're good at drag. That's the thing that I think a lot of people have that disconnect because like her pieces might have all cost money, but, you know, she's the one wearing them. Right. So honestly, it felt very much like when she walked out, I looked over at my husband and went, we got to turn up the juice and see what shakes loose. And Miles, uh, my husband was like, oh my gosh. This is why I wouldn't do drag because I feel like that's how it would be. I would feel and look uncomfortable. She doesn't look like she's having a good time and yet she is. And, and, and if we as an audience member, and this critique has been given on Drag Race before, but Michelle, if you look uncomfortable, we are uncomfortable. And that's how I felt Cece was this entire episode. Um, I'm not taking anything away from what she does in the real world. But this is Drag Race and you're now on television and we're here to watch. You, you got to give us something more. I, I'm, I'm scared. Correct. And also, she and I have very similar face shapes. I don't wear those breastplates with the whole neck because I just instantly have double chin, no matter what. There's only one person who can do it. It's fucking Jimbo because Jimbo's figured out a way to do it. Correct. I always have double chin, so I don't wear them ever. I'm depressed. Yeah, depressed as well. <laughs> Audience, 58% impressed, 42% depressed. Um just going to say it in Tagalog. Hello, Gossip Girls. It's Melinda Virgo or Daddy Mike if you're nasty and you can have that name. No one ever fucking call me Daddy Mike, please. That's disgusting. Oh, <laughs> hell no. She is 44 years old from Edmonton, Alberta. Edmonton's finally here. She is the first queen from Edmonton. <laughs> she says that she's going to bring high energy and talent and her loud personality. And listen, that personality is high volume, but I needed to be turned down a little bit. Just a little bit. But if I had that kind of energy at 44 years old, you know what? I'll take it. I'll, I'll Everyone should know. Because at my age, currently at 36, I'm like, I need to go to bed at all times. Yeah. I'm 29 and I'm literally like in bed at eight o'clock. So 
to see that kind of energy walk in, I'm like, you better work. She will tell us that she is wearing her rainbow cat suit and rainbow coat and is feeling so vibrant and so happy and so proud. Good for you. Let's discuss. Instagram says no designers listed. Um, I believe at some point I did read or heard her say she made this and I've seen this fucking cat suit. If she made this, then I'm the queen of England. This is what you wear to a pride gig after you start a drag a week beforehand. I think the mug is nice. The hair is great. And anything that is on her body that is made of fabric is burning a hole in my eyes. This is not going to cut it. The fashion will knock her out of this fucking game. Correct. And entering the workroom in a ball. And this is what your this is what your first look is. Like, I know you didn't know you were doing this, but. Honey, pride. No one should ever wear this. I know people with this look. I know where to get the fabric right now. Like, <laughs> I'm so depressed. She really tried it. Audience, someone was very nice. Some two people were very nice. 12% impressed, 88% depressed. Pink caboodle. I may be old, but this kitty has a few lives left. And yes, that is the Campy Queen entrance music. Really love when we use licensed material so often that you know what kind of queen is about to enter that workroom. Um, I'm fairly certain that's the music you use when Mrs. Kasha Davis has entered twice. She is Kitten Caboodle. She is 57 years old and she is Toronto's pink pussy princess. I was gagged to see that man. She looks great. For 57. I hope I look that good. And if I, I mean, if I ever get that far, but damn, 57, who is the devil you made a deal with? Correct. And like, if they have had work done, it's good word. It's I, great unclockable. Word. Brooklyn, call her. She can help you out here. <laughs> Uh, she will refer to herself in third person as she says she is a 70s showgirl who loves to dance, loves to reveal, and loves to sing. Uh, listen, the whole kitten caboodle, like, basically. And am I alone when I say that I was getting Jimbo confessional vibes just in the delivery, how she was just speaking in her, in her cadence? Yeah, I definitely okay. would connect with that. Okay. She started doing drag in 1981, and that is 42 years, and that's still older than I am, so good for her. She's seen it all. She thinks she will be underestimated. Can she do a death drop? No. She says she could probably do a cartwheel, but they want to make sure the medic is standing by. Listen, that's a fun personality. That's This is the kind of character I like watching. Correct. You know they're going to be good at like a lot of things. The look is by kitten hair by bitch in wigs. All right, listen, for her age, she is like, I don't care. Here are my swerves and curves, and I look fabulous. I don't know if her proportions are working, as she's very top-heavy from the chest up. I would have loved to see a bit of a skirt element. I think the fabric is fabulous. Why a pink wig? I don't think the color story is working with this hair and fabric combo, but we're going to learn. She's a natural pink head. Yeah, definitely the pink does not work with it. But I think that this is actually somewhat young for judging from, you know, just her yeah. age and her her perspective. So I think that that's really cool that she's able to sew like that. I like it. I'd wear it. I'm impressed. Yeah, same. Other than the pink wig. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Audience, 73% impressed, 27% depressed. 
filler. It's a girl's best friend. Thank you for doing enough filler for the both of us, girl. It's near enough. She is from Calgary, Alberta, and the only thing that's bigger than her lips is her ego. So she's bringing a character to a reality show. I see you. Go get that screen time. She knows how to play the game. Good for you. She is here to say that plastic is indeed fantastic. Her look is inspired by the icon legend Marilyn Monroe. She's giving diamonds and material. Girl, she's got the biggest bow and tails, and then they death drop right off her body. <laughs> Poor girl. She's here to prove that Calgary can go all the way to the end and says she is the full package. Oh, and she has seven years of dance training and a certified makeup art, uh, artist. Um, Cool. Good for her. Um, I believe she's 22. So, wow. I wasn't like that when I was 22. Same. Definitely not like that. Her look by Benjamin Toner, here by Abaya Mirage. Jules by Ruby Hyman. We've seen this before and we've seen it done. It was so much better. I could not get past the nip slips. Like I need a universal drag race rule. Do we allow the nips or do we have to have pasties? RuPaul, you are the mother. Tell us because you yell at the girls. This one's not yelling at the girls. So tell me, Ophelia, what's your opinion? Uh, pasties or no pasties? That's pasties the question. Pasties all the way. Okay, everyone- there it is. If we have to cover our nips, everybody's got to cover their nips, you know? I was kind of getting OG Boa Yassified from her look. Um, I think the reference is there. The color is beautiful. It's drag. But obviously the execution is not going to be this girl's best friend. The hair is cute and modern. The mug is great. You can tell the nerves are there, even though she brings an aura of confidence. I don't know why. I feel like I'm going to see a growth arc from her. I feel like this was a setup episode. I definitely get the same vibes from her that it's going to be like they wanted to show her down here. So now that we get some sort of growth, maybe like a top yeah. five and then out. Sure. I don't think she'll I mean, go all fat. the way. I don't think um, she'll go all the way. I'm going to shock people. I'm going a soft impressed. Ooh, I'm going to go a soft depressed just because yeah, all... it's been done so many times. They all agree with you. 27% impressed, 73% oh, wow. depressed. Aurora Matrix, it's time for the Matrix Dynasty. Hi, Angels. She is 22 years old from Toronto, Ontario. She says she loves to live her pop star fantasy. She is a diva. She is hyper feminine. And she knows that she can dance circles around the girls without even trying. I bet we're going to see that happen. She will bring Asian excellence to the competition. She says her drag is heavily inspired by the Chinese culture she is from. She says there is a meaning and story behind every look she does. And with this one, she is serving us ancient Chinese, China terracotta warriors. She's giving you leather. It's giving textiles. She is ready to battle. And let's see if she's going to battle for us. Her look also by Benjamin Toner. Hair by Just Perla. Nails by Funeral Face Nails. I like this. I like the influences. I like the references. It is. Is it the biggest, boldest entrance look you'll find? No, but it shows who she is. Love the paint is really is perfect. I think the terracotta on the garment and the earrings are really, really cool. Do I wish they were pushed even further? A bit. I'm not in love with the black strappy heel. Not because of the style, but because of the color. Like, I wanted brown, baby. But overall, I was thought it was good. Uh, Yeah, so from the knee up, I'm very happy. From the knee down, not so much. So the... The material is very sparse in those areas. And I like looked at it. It was just like a very like standard lace. So it kind of was a little confusing with the whole storyline she was going for. 
Also, like if you're going to wear a black strappy heel, cut off the cut the toes out of your tights and have your actual toes stick out a little bit. The potato toe is not it, but her face card. Ooh, I could stare at that face all day. Like that is. I mean, I'll stare at the face. Beautiful mug. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. you better. Um, impressed. Very impressed. Yes, impressed as well. Audience, ninety-two percent impressed, eight percent depressed. The girlfriend experience. Fuck the fantasy. I'm the experience. It's the girlfriend experience. She is thirty-one years old, and she is your daddy's favorite tea girl from Vancouver. She is a flirty, bubbly, fun girl looking for a fun time because she has what? Daddy issues. She says she looks like an anime superhero mixed with a stripper and gives us some, you know, she says she can give you back. Some girls give you backflips, but she's just going to give a look. All eyes on her when she walks into a room. Literally, she just stands there and people look at her and I'm like, fuck off. What's that like? (laughs) Yep. Her look is by House Zook and X9 Bikini. I mean, she's absolutely ravishing. If I had a body, I would wear a body stocking like that, too. I think it's a soft and feminine look. I love the pink. I think the blonde hair makes sense, though. I don't love a pitch black brown with a blonde hair. It's like Sailor Moon's slutty younger sister. And I think we know who she is from this look. No doubt about it. Correct. I've been following her for a while now, and I really, really love the girlfriend experience. Like, they're amazing. Um, I just think it was a little simple. Yeah. I'm going to say it. We're still doing drag. It was a little simple for my taste, just because I feel like it needed just a little, a little extra zhuzh, you know? I'll go impressed. I'm going to say impressed as well. Audience, 78% impressed, 22% depressed. Amyance Chanel, the amigas in the house, bitches. It's Amyance Chanel from Ottawa, but originally from Dominican Republic. She says she is the Beyonce of Ottawa. So I ask, who are the Kelly and Michelle of Ottawa? She says she is going to bring the look of the Afro-Latina sensation. She says she will slay because her looks are everything. And she says she looks yummy, yummy, yummy. I'm sorry. Jummy, jummy, jummy in red. Her look by Daniel Mendola, hair by Drag Daddy Wigs, jewels by Ruby Fox Club, nails by Funeral Face Nails. This is drag, mama. I love the red as it is a power color, and she is blending so hard into the maple leaf behind her, so she did not think this one through. I think <laughs> the hair is huge, the shoulders are huge, then she got a tiny waist, and it is just right. I think she's giving you big, bold, and brazen. Is it authentic to her? That's going to be the thing I'm going to keep asking because I feel like you can swap out a person and have the same effect. Yes. Uh, It is drag. It's very big. It's very loud. But does it show a point of view? Because you could see ample people wearing this. I don't know if it necessarily shows a point of view. I love all the heart references. So at least the motif is going together. But yeah. I don't know how genuine it is. I'll still give her an impressed. Yes, same as well. Impressed. Audience, 96% impressed, 4% depressed. And that's it. We get our credits with Rue as our narrator because she will never let Brooklyn Heights have nice things ever. So in a moment that was just really awkward and uncomfortable and still confuses me, like why we had to do it like this. The girls are going to meekly clump their way back into the workroom after they've clearly been on ice, seeing each other and just not allowed to talk to one another. It was weird. Why did we do it like this? 
I thought they were all going to come out on the main stage, like in front right. of the three judges. I thought that's what was going to happen. And that, that would have been, sense. that would have been so good. Cause also with Brooklyn starting where she did, it would have made sense if they came out there, but is then to possible? just have them all wander back in. Is it possible they did do that? It just didn't make it into the edit. Could be valid. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, now that they're all together, it's time to hug it out. Also, the fact that Aurora will make mention of the Calgary Stampede and she doesn't even go there was quite hilarious. <laughs> we will watch the queens interact like they know each other or not. But then we have Amy chasing Miss Kiki Co from the House of Co. She's like, what are you doing here? Like she didn't know. You know that bitch called her and said, can you make me a look? And she said, I can't. Sorry. That was your clue. You know where she was. They always we pretend. Learned. Yeah, we learned from Amy that Kiki is known as the mother of the drag scene in Ottawa. She has been doing it for so long and finds her to be one of her biggest competitions. Nira will ask Denim if they're Denim, and Denim's like, maybe what gave it away? I don't know, the Denim. (laughs) Denim is seeing a lot of pageantry and glamour, and then she calls out the bodysuit as the camera pans over to Melinda. I mean, shade, but tea. Correct. We were saying it already. Now, do you remember the season two Vancouver sister scream? Yes. Yes. Well, here's the sequel. Venus and the girlfriend experience made sure their fam from across the land can hear them shout. Oh, my God. Venus tells us that her best friend, a.k.a. girlfriend, is here and now knows why she's been dodging her texts. You both knew. Come Stop lying. You girlfriend know. is so excited to see venus and so excited to send her home which is going to be hilarious if that actually happens yeah. now the girls will be seen carting around literal empty carts was this their way to claim their stations while having nothing else to claim it with which is odd because we will see them chugging their stuff along what what why why did we have them like surely um shoppers drug mart had like a bag they could have toted around like they do with Anastasia Beverly Hills. Yeah, truly. I think they could have they could have found something. I mean, at least give them a plastic bag with your shit in it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we learned that there are only three per section. So let's see who gets to room with who. Venus will announce the pretty girls are in the corner and it seems it's her Nira and girlfriend. I smell an alliance. I'd agree. I'd concur. Nero will be a comedy queen and ask them if all of their stuff is going to fit. I mean, look at those skinny bitches. What do you think? <laughs> the girlfriend experience, I like to just imagine she went on with one of like those little spice purses, you know? Literally. Uh, it's now a race as Amy tries to go in the pretty girl corner, but she is booted. Only three to an alcove. Try again. The kids will get their luggage. Or in the case of Melinda, a big ass bucket. But the way that she lifted that thing, she showed off muscles. So she maybe she is the trade in the body, butterface. I said it. I said it. <laughs> you said. You said it. You said Kiki it. Kiki will announce that the designers are in her corner, and we see it is her and kitten. Meanwhile, we have a corner of Amy, Melinda, and Cece, and I'm like, that's the Doom and Clue alcove. I would not want to be in there. Kitten tells us she designs all of her looks as we are welcome to Kitten Caboodle's Drag Costume Emporium Patent Pending. Would you go shop at Kitten Caboodle's Drag Costume Emporium Patent Pending? I would. 
after seeing after seeing a few, I would consider uh, perusing the sections. Now, since they need to stir the pot and remind us of the theme of the day, it's time for someone to say first impressions. And Melinda, of all people, will lead the charge. Who will be the tops and bottoms? Cece tells her that she will be the bottom. I mean, listen, the girl is the one who put out the criteria of the first impression. You're not, the girl's not wrong. Gassed for it. Luna's looking around, telling us that some looks are giving, some are not questionable choices and here we go again with the rainbow cat suit first impressions not impressed do you think she's burned it i would have burned it by now yeah or or you just keep it ironically yeah 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 you wear it as the meet and greet at the drag con and people are like oh my god it's the cat suit and she's like Correct. 50 bucks to touch it <laughs> We're going to begin with what I can only assume will be the twink rivalry, as from across the room, we will hear Venus say that she expected more from Aurora. She says it's giving roof, unfinished construction, eleganza. Nira's like, stop. Girlfriend's like, I'm not getting roped into this shit talking. So I am expecting more from this Venus versus Aurora. What do you think? Why do you think we have this bit in here? Uh, no clue, but I'm guessing it's foreshadowing. But honestly, I think Aurora has more of a perspective, to be completely Mm -hmm. honest. So. Speaking of, it's time to remind the kids that representation does in fact matter. At the mirror, we will learn that Melinda and Kiki are Filipino and Aurora is Chinese, so Asian queens in the house. They are vibing, giving Asian sensation. And yeah, I think this is important because... I don't, I, there's something about RuPaul that RuPaul just does not like Asian queens. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely see that. Yeah. All right. The alarm sounds and we get our um, last Ru message in this look as she welcomes them to season four of Canada's Drag Race. Now, I got a question for you. What does Brooklyn need to do to get this hoe to back off so she can have control of her own show? Uh... I'm just guessing that Brooklyn likes to play nice. So that's she why likes she the just... job. Job yeah, exactly. Job security. Because honestly, at this point, Rue would be like, okay, goodbye, Jimbo. What you doing? Yeah. Hey, at least at least Canada got Brooke gets to be her own on it's Canada. True. Also, the way that Rue said Zamboni, 10 bucks. She has no idea what a Zamboni is. <laughs> Facts. The door opens, and there is Brooklyn Trade Heights, who is snatched. Um Early seasons, she had some issues with the face. This one, she let it settle in, and it looks good on her. I'm very happy. I'm very proud of her. Yeah. (laughs) She is excited to warmly welcome them to Canada's Drag Race, and we'll turn off the heat and welcome Daddy, a.k.a. Brad Goreski, then it's Mommy, Tracy Melcher. Now let's get a reminder what our winner will get. Anastasia Beverly Hills does not have global domination quite yet. They will instead be getting a sickening supply of beauty products from Shoppers, Drug Mart, and from Trojan, the pleasure of $100,000. How much do you think Brooklyn hates, hates saying the pleasure from Trojan? Like, it's kind of gross, nasty, but safe sex always, kids. Correct. I think it's a great sponsor. Um, What if you were competing on a television program and you were told a sickening supply of CVS? Walgreens, Dwayne Reed. You know, you can always find something. You know, if I'm just buying makeup wipes with it, then that it is what it is. But yeah, I'd rather have funny. the Anastasia. 
it's really just funny at this point. Yeah. Brooklyn will warn them that this season will be a little different as they should expect some twists and turns, but no more hints. But says the first master challenge is revealed. It's all have already been underway. Welcome to the premiere ball. They've been watching and judging. So yes, their entrance looks have been judged. Aurora says it's something new and technically it is for them, but it's not new in the franchise because UK five aired first. I got to expect moving forward. All contestants will be going back to the OG days of drag race and putting more effort into the entrance looks again. Do you like having stakes for an entrance look? Yes. Because I think, honestly, you should have that initiative to have stakes in the look. I think it probably Willow was the one that kind of ruined it, where they were like, oh, wait, now we got to go back into it. And then uh, Gabriella Labucci did the same thing, too. Ugh, Gabby, oh, girl. <laughs> um, now, before we get to the next two categories, there is something they want to show them. Their rosebud. <laughs> the three judges will give their flowers to one of the queens who impressed them most so far. Who would you have given your rosebud to? Uh, I probably would have been on the denim train. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Brooklyn will give her rosebud to denim. Brad will give his rosebud to Amy on Chanel. Fine. Tracy's going to give her rosebud to Venus. That was the only one I wanted to debate. Venus over Kiki? Tracy. Tracy. I know you like reality TV. You want to stir the pie. Tracy. What was she thinking? The world only knows. Maybe she loves a non-binary person with a penis. I don't know. I don't know. I've had issues with Tracy the past couple of seasons. This is confirming I know we're going to have more issues this season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, what's going to happen with these rosebuds? Literally nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, they're going to get an advantage. They're automatically safe. Nothing. Fuck it. Nothing. Why? I thought they were going to sit out like the next the next right. section of the ball. Be like, no, you're safe for this part. You don't have to like hustle or anything. Nope. Absolutely nothing. Now, listen, I, I said be safe, whatever you mentioned sitting out like it's not a far fetched thing because those who did watch Drag Race Varia, um, the winner of the first mini challenge of that episode had immunity and weighed it to the next episode. I wanted that. Like, at least give me that. Then we could really have this debate of, oh, my God, did Venus deserve it? And then when we see the next two looks, okay, wait, maybe she didn't deserve it. I needed the stakes to actually be there because if you got rid of that bit, the episode still would have been the same. Exactly. Nothing changed. Very strange. Very strange. All right. Category two is revealed to be shimmering showgirls where they will have to work a room and let their star shine. And on the main stage category is me, myself, and I. It will be their very best drag. So now it's time to get their showgirl on. The queen said to the station as the rosebuds are looming in the room. The rosebud will pose 
together as denim will tell us that this is a moment to establish yourself in the competition and she is glad she's standing out again so maybe this was all for psychological warfare because this is a reality show they love what <laughs> to make people go insane now how do the non-rosebud bitches feel well here's the insanity for kiki she thinks amy deserves it denim deserves it venus a piece of fabric lip gloss and a powder foundation she is not feeling it enough and there's the reason why Tracy did what Tracy did, I guess. Yep. Maybe she just stirred in the pot. Maybe she's trying to do the psychological warfare as well as using the rosebuds. I mean, this is not like a real competition in the real world where actual stakes actually matter. This is television. This is for us to sit on a podcast and debate. Facts. Thanks for my job, Tracy. I love you. <laughs> now... Drag delusion has crossed the border to Canada as Melinda doesn't get it. She says she deserves she serves happiness and joy in something different. Different meaning something that should never have entered a drag race workroom. Ever. Correct. Kiki will tell her it's not June. The girls will laugh, and they're right. And Melinda says she thinks it's Pride season all year. Yeah, but no, not on drag race. Most of us don't even like wearing rainbow during June. Like, did Amber wear it... something like this too and get eliminated? Yep, there's been a lot of rainbow, and a lot of it has ended up in the bottom. Oh god! Now the girls get out of their entrance drag and into their shimmering showgirl looks. The Montreal girlies are girling, and Denim and Cece are chatting. And yeah, what a strange duo, but also not. It kind of makes sense, but also doesn't. But I'm here for it, and I'm not. <laughs> that. Yep. CC says they have worked together and they feel like family. Now, Venus is going to chat to Miss Kitten, where she asks how long she's been doing drag. And she will say the first time she did drag was in 1981. And Venus literally stops in her tracks. She will ask her how old she is. And it's like, you never ask a lady how old she is. But Kitten will reveal that she is 57 and the gags, the oldest queen in drag race history. But the fact that Melinda's like, I'm not the oldest one, sent me because 44 is old on this show. It's wild to think about. Now, so obviously, wild. we all know that the oldest queen before Kitten was Miss Charlie Hydes. <laughs> I just need to share. If, you, if, if you're not following Mrs. Kasha Davis, she had posted a photo, I believe, yesterday, the day before, when she was in Boston at the um, mall. And she ran into a wild Charlie Hydes out of drag. And posted oh, no. the photo of the two of them. And oh, I was like, no. oh my god. That's kind of hilarious and embarrassing. But does Charlie Hydes do drag anymore? Or, or is she just still standing there? <laughs> the rib. It takes a very long time to heal. I just like... I don't know why I found it so funny. But it's just like, oh my god, there's Sasha Colby in the wild. Charlie Hydes? We're going to celebrate seeing Charlie Hydes? Or is this her way of being like, the Yeti is still alive. It's still there. Correct. Next thing, Robbie Turner is going to pop up. You know? Oh, God. <laughs> and how about Max? Does anyone have eyes on Max? Nope. Trixie, go find Max for us, please. Anyway, Kitten is here to prove that age is just a number. And I say, tell that to my body in the morning as I attempt to get out of bed. Well, Kitten will tell Melinda that she could be her younger sister, while Luna tells her she could be her dad. Like, literally, that actually mathematically is possible. We've gotten to that point in Drag Race. So, yeah. yeah. 
I always like stop bringing up the age. Yeah, just stop it. Stop. People let's are still to allowed to have fun. Yeah, let's head to the club. We're about to see some showgirls. The girls will have to work a 360 set and show off their drag style. Now, this is essentially the UK Five's club tickety boo. Why are we having two franchises do the same thing when there's real no connection between the two? Now, I know y'all are going to probably say, well, what about Drag Race Mexico, Germany, and Brazil? They had the physical connection, and that's why their things were the same, because they all used the same set and had to use the same format. I feel like UK and Canada are just closer to being like Drag Race cousins. For sure. Yeah. Like if UK and US did the same thing, I'd be like, all right, that's RuPaul. But they just don't, Some the connection was weird. Or they're like, no one's going to know this because Canada's going to air a lot sooner. And it didn't. It aired afterwards. But I think this is this set is far superior than Club Tickety Boo. Oh, like, of course, this set is w- far superior. It was such more fun. Um, I would like to go to this place. I don't know what I would do at this place, but I'd like to attend. <laughs> um, Club Tickety Boo. I would only go if the Rue girls were there. Facts. That crowd just staring at you. <laughs> Literally. All right. Category is shimmering showgirl in honor of the runway challenge whatever it is we are going to play shimmer or dimmer aurora matrix look by van goth hair by justa perla i love that chinese flair to this look it's a showgirl with an authentic yet different feel the red and yellow work well together the fringe is great would love even more because it moves so spectacularly the new delusion is working wonders it's spot on i like this yeah, I wish I had more to say about it, but I, I would think that this is probably on the lowest of their looks for me for this whole sure. episode. Mm-hmm. But it's still beautiful, still. The face, ugh, the face. I'll give Every her time shimmer. they walk out, know, yeah, right? shimmer as well. Audience, 92% shimmer, 8% dimmer. Luna Dubois, look by Anastasia Knockway. Hair by Connor McCaldin. I think she went more for tort song singer rather than showgirl in the sense of Vegas showgirl, but it very much worked. I love the color story and the vintage elements. And then she showed us her full moon. That ass, honey. Oh my God. When she does the reveal, I get it. I know why she did it. It was so she could work the pole. And I think that was not her first time working a pole. (laughs) Uh, I I loved it. I thought it was such a weird way to start off because you're like a gown and then took it down to like actual burlesque. And it was like, okay, thank you. Yeah. That's what that's what I'm looking for. And the heart motif was really cute. It's a shimmer. It's a shimmer. Audience 92% shimmer, 8% dimmer. Denim, look by Erica Parra. I love that she is showing the world another side of what the image of a trans mask person is. The hair is there. She's giving you court gesture, but make it burlesque. Love the color story being in honor of the trans flag. Brilliant idea. I love the way the tool works. It looks simple, but the details are very striking. I I loved the combination of everything, like trans clown, like going on. I thought it was really fun and really like, just a different take on burlesque. It's a shimmer. It's a shimmer. 
Audience, 79% Shimmer, 21% Dimmer. Kit and Caboodle, look by Kit and Kate by the only Nicolette. Hair by the Drag Daddy Wigs and Nails by Devin Nielsen. I like the color story. She really likes pink hair. Really, really loves it. Again, I want to pro- the proportions to be adjusted. The tutu wanted to be grander as the shoulders are really pronounced here. I feel like she is so tiny. So having like a helmet as a hairpiece, not my favorite. Now the fan, I want one for everyday use. Oh my God. I think this challenge was interesting. She served her best, but her best was not as good as the rest. Correct. I definitely think that this could have been better and more effective. And the way she moved in it was very stiff. Yeah. It's a nice photo look. I'll give it a shimmer. I'll give it a shimmer as well. Audience, 72% shimmer, 28% dimmer. Kiki Co. Look by Kiki. Hair by Drag Lab Wigs. Nails by Funeral Face Nails. The feathers are feathering. I love the colors she has chosen, <laughs> though the black was a bit too much for me. I know she has it in the feathers, but it took away from the pink and the zebra fabric. I do not like the silver tinsel. It really cheapened it. Again, we have a proportion issue in the waist with the shoulders being so bold and needed to match. I hate the heels. Do not get me started. She glued feathers to the front and called it a day. Those wanted stones instead. Do I still like it? Cause it's better than <laughs> the majority of the cast. Yeah, I do. Ooh, I just went through something. Woo. Uh Oh, um, <coughs> ooh, there we go. You all right? Yes, I'm good. Whew. The silver tinsel. Why do I sound like this? <laughs> <laughs> the silver tinsel part definitely took me out of it. It seemed like it really constricted her arms yeah. with how they can yeah. move. I'm going to go shimmer, a soft shimmer, very soft shimmer. A soft shimmer as well. Audience, 92% shimmer, 8% dimmer. Near enough. Look by Benjamin Toner. Hair by Tana Enough. Oh my God, that bitch is getting a credit. Uh, y'all can listen to Tana Enough. Come on the podcast later this season. Yay. Uh, Tana, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Tell your sister I love her. Uh, that's a diaper, Maury. And the way that microphone was just popping out. Oh my God. I like that she is confident, but this was not great. And she knows it. We know it. It was incomplete. I do think the hair is cute. I said that before I knew who made it. Orange was a smart color to play in, but the outfit was not fully realized. And that diaper was all we could focus on. Facts. Yeah. (laughs) Gosh, darn it. Oh, my God. The shimmering showgirls are really getting you. Yeah, they're really getting me. Um. You can definitely tell that it was supposed to have a bustle or something yeah. to that effect. But it was just missing. I will give her a dimmer. I'm sorry, Nira. I'm going to give her a dimmer as well. Audience, 21% shimmer, 79% dimmer. Melinda Verga. Uh, look by Sweet Carousel Corsetry. Hair by Studio Bang Bang Gloves by Melinda. I think it looks expensive. I love the gold and I think it's the right fabric to use for gold because gold can be a very difficult color. The hair is killing me. Like it, it, it has got to have more volume. I think rose gold feathers are stunning. I think styling will be my problem with Melinda all season long, but this was safe and, and certainly an upgrade from what we just saw. And also the way she flipped her hair, shout out to Hibiscus from New York City because I know that move from my sis. 
I just think the one problem I have with it is just this is where the makeup starts to get a little bit for me, where the face gets a little a little funky. Because when they say about the heavy eyelid eyelash, I feel it in this yeah. look where I'm like, oh, wait, now I'm seeing it. But overall, I love the look and I would I would definitely wear it. Audience, well, I'm gonna give it a shimmer. I'm gonna give it a shimmer as well. Audience, yeah, 81% shimmer, 19% dimmer. Amy Yance's Chanel look by Daniel Mendiola, hair by Drag Daddy Wiggs, nails by Funeral Face Nails. I've said it before on this podcast, the greatest drag color is fuchsia. No one looks bad in fuchsia. This look was really strong until you got to the boots. What a boot. They were falling off. I wish the hair had a little more bounce to it. I like the headpiece. There's just something forgettable for Amy in this episode. She has great looks, but she is not the star in the look. I feel like you could swap out a different person. And once again, they would be remembering the look. I need her to serve performance a bit more. Yeah, I also think that the uh, the headpiece needed to be just a little bit bigger, like sure. just the tiniest bit. And I again, I'll say it again. I hate things under my chin because I feel like I always get a double chin. And this isn't like no exception. I feel like that strap just going directly under her chin <laughs> did her no favors. I'll give her a shimmer. I'll give her a shimmer as well. Audience, 96% shimmer, 4% dimmer. Venus, look in hair by Sean Malmes. I really adore this look i love that she went vintage flapper and still gave us the showgirl fantasy the dress is sublime the color is marvelous the hair is really styled well it's got life yet still fits the period i think this was one of the stronger and more unique interpretations of this category yeah i didn't see this coming and when she came out in it i was like very excited and was like okay maybe now you did deserve the rosebud yeah 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 it's a shimmer it's a shimmer Audience, 81% shimmer, 19% dimmer. CC Superstar, look by Gabriel Droleth McGuire, hair by Half a Genderfuck. Oh boy, this was uncomfortable to watch. And I'm not just talking about how she toppled the team. <laughs> I feel like she was not comfortable delivering sexy and it showed. She could not walk and the look itself was lacking. That being said, this is what I expected her to bring. But I was still let down. Yeah, this was exactly what I was expecting from her on this look. And I think if the comedy aspect was intentional, I would have worked harder to make it intentional. Because it didn't, when I watching it, it did not seem like that was intentional. I'm going to go dimmer. I'm going to go dimmer as well. Audience. You got some splaining to do. 50% shimmer, 50% dimmer. So clearly we have some CC fans out there, which is fine. Come on the podcast. Let's discuss. The girlfriend experience. No designers listed. I like it, but also it felt basic when we saw the button down. Like that needed to have sparkle and shine, even if it was just in the pile or something. The hat was fun. It was a great moment to have a reveal because it did make up for everything else. It was okay. I just want more because a hot body will not take a crown. Correct. <coughs> Holy oh no. I'm literally the girlfriend dying. experience has got you now. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel like it was like a very cohesive look. I just think that it was very piecemeal and it wasn't my favorite. I'm gonna go soft shimmer. I'm gonna go soft dimmer. 
Oh, wow. Well, you might be the only one because the audience, 96% shimmer, 4% dimmer. Now, following their floor show, the girls head back to the workroom as it's now their chance to see what's underneath it all. Or as Venus says, meet each other in the raw form. Who would you say is the trade of the season? Um, Personally, none of them are my type. That's fair. What about you? <laughs> I mean, I think Venus is really probably the most attractive for me. Um, Aurora's cute also. Trade, though? I don't think there's trade. Now, the way that Cece took off that makeup was a moment. She just said black. Cece yeah. says that Venus is taking off her liner and she looks like a model out of drag too, which is she's, she's not wrong. Very cute. Now, I don't know if they were instructed to do this, but the fact that they all still had their drag on as they were talking and taking off the face, it was like the show wanted the conversation to happen with drag on so the audience can figure out who was who, despite us already knowing that based on confessionals. Yeah, it was really... <clears throat> ah, I'm sorry. You're good. It was really weird that they did that they de-dragged in Just drag. Fixed. It was so weird. It was so weird. I would never do that. Well, Kitten says that there is no trade of the season. She says she is the daddy of the season, but she prefers mommy. Now, the small world of drag has Aurora saying that she has never formally met Kitten as Aurora performs at 11 and Kitten at 6. But surely if you work in the same venue, you'd have to cross paths once, like right? Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, Canada... You know, I I imagine Canada is very much like Maine, where it's like, you know, you pretty much know everybody. Yeah. Well, Kitten continues the oldie narrative by saying, she's in bed by 11. I feel that. I get it. I understand. Much the conversation, earlier. still with the drag on, shifts that two of them will be in the bottom and someone will be going home. Did they know that or is this just an overproduced bit? Uh, gosh. I'm sorry. That's awful. You're good. You're good. Okay. What was the question again? Do they know that there was potentially a bottom or do they, do you think they knew no one was actually going home? Judging from the two that were possibly going to be in the bottom two, I think they knew that there, or they did not know. Fair. It felt like well, it was going to be, they thought someone was going home. Luna says it won't be her based on what she's given so far, but Denim just wants to know who the bottom is going to be. And the way they said it, you know that they love starting shit and getting away with it because you know Denim will be like, oh my God, so who's going home? And then walks away while the fire is burning. Yep. <laughs> Cece is questioning if she did well or not. She has one more outfit to show, so the pressure is on. Now, Nira will do something I respect as I didn't expect her to do it, but she's going to admit defeat and say she's fucking terrified as she sabotaged herself with the outfit she says she looked good but it just didn't go the way she wanted it to i respect the girl who is not going to give in to the drag delusion for the camera she knows what's, what was wrong and she's going to admit it to us and and for you to do that on drag race i think that speaks volumes correct to show <coughs> Ooh. 
to show that like you are vulnerable and like you are scared honestly that she's already having her arc like she's already going up in the like oh wait maybe i do like you because you're being honest absolutely well luna will pray for whoever feels they are in danger as she will miss them dearly that's a backhanded confidence with a front-facing slap venus says her and her rosebud will be seeing them at the top and amy said what i would say where's the top Correct. This was like the best double entendre I think I've ever heard and I died laughing. I was like, yes, where's the job? It's a new day in the workroom and the roses have arrived. Now, I don't know if Amy, Denim, and Venus planned on their primary color coordination entrance, but I live for it. Cohesion is a girl's best friend, especially mine. They got one more ball to play with at the table talk. Aurora says that they were thrown into the deep and right at the beginning and now they're lightly treading. Until there is a fucking shark, and that shark is named Brooklyn Heights. Now, in the most random moment, and a moment that would have me passing out with excitement, with zero announcement, Tegan and Sarah just fucking walk in the room. And the way that they had to announce who they were kind of left me a bit sad, but also, like, if y'all don't know who these Canadian lesbian icons are, then are you even really a true music fan? Are you familiar with the work of Atikin and Sarah, and could you tell them apart? I'm familiar with their work. Can I tell them apart? No. And Me also had to double check to see if they were a lesbian couple or twins. Yeah, no, they're definitely twins. Yes, they yeah. are. Uh, they will reveal that they are their guest judges. Cece shares that she's been listening to their music since high school as she was super emo. And the sky is blue and the grass is green. Tell me something I didn't know. <laughs> she will tell them that she loves red belt and they're like gagged oh my god that was a deep cut they say that they are so excited and we will learn that in this moment that purple is taken as she says sarah in black made her walk out first as they all walk with so much confidence meanwhile sarah says she walked in like such a lesbian uh-huh yeah but luna tells them that she wants to do their makeup and venus says they have such great bone structure meanwhile they're like we're butch lesbians we don't do glam sorry kids <laughs> sarah shares that when they came out in the late 90s the style was no makeup really simple clothes and they didn't have fun with fashion and makeup until they were in their late 20s early 30s Tegan says that it's wonderful to be in front of them with their talent and energy, and Sarah will throw her under the bus and say, she's ready to join you guys. Who wants to replace Tegan and Tegan and Sarah? And then it's the girlfriend experience raising her hand. I was like, girl, you don't know who they are. You Stop, stop. No, you're, you're not the replacement. What advice do they want to give to the ordinary people? Well, they say whether it's on a tiny stage or a huge stage, go into every performance that you belong Tegan also shares that their mom got them watching the show and she is thrilled that they're on Drag Race. She is more proud of them on Drag Race than the Academy Awards. And I was like, wow, mom. Okay, okay. Very interesting take, mom. Yeah, but they are living their mom's dream. And I like to believe that that was a reference to the song that I would have picked as lip sync, but we will get to it. Tegan and Sarah Lee, if the meet and greet and you can tell who really cared about this and it was not near enough yeah she's like i don't know these people who are they the girls are focusing and getting ready for their final ball and nira says her first two looks in the ball didn't go the way she planned but says the third look is a great representation of her and she will sell it aurora will do something that we rarely see happen on drag race but was a nice welcome change 
So you'll ask to do a pronoun check and find out how everyone identifies in the room. Girlfriend says in drag, she, her, out of drag, she, her. Venus uses all pronouns saying you can use whatever as long as you're being respectful. She says she is a meti person. She is non-binary to spirit and says it really encompasses how she is feeling inside and believes no one exists without feminine or masculine energy. Listen, bros out there can say all they want that they don't have feminine energy, but watch them get all crazy high pitchy when they get a jump scare in a hair horror movie like they freak out so macho men y'all have feminine energy you know it don't deny it correct don't deny it accept it exactly denim shares out of drag she uses he him and in drag she her because that's how she separates it from herself and now we're gonna have our friend luna drag the united states and ask the room how they feel about drag in the united states because she's not wrong with sucks right now kiki says it's really sad as we are going backwards Rita says it's a hot topic where political groups are coming for any type of queer expression well amy says that she reads books to kids in ottawa and shares it was the best day of her life seeing the kids so happy She notes that when they go work with kids, they dress up different and act different. It's a different type of show. And I don't know if that's the way she wanted to express the sentiment, but the way I look at it is you can villainize drag entertainers for sexual performances, but just like most consenting adults, you're filthy away from the kids anyway. So don't pretend like, oh my God, they're doing terrible things, you Republicans, because you do it behind closed doors yourselves. Correct. Time and place. We always know time mm-hmm. and place. Listen, there are no kids at a bar at night. Let's get that straight. Thank you. Correct. Just a reminder. Melinda says that they had a story time at Edmonton Community Library and that the community found out there was going to be a protest. She says there were 60 of them counter-protesting with music, rainbow flags, and a lot of dancing. She says they are not there to hurt anyone. They're there to have fun. She poses the question of why would you want to take that away from anyone? Well, the answer is fear of the unknown and the fear that their beliefs might not be the majority anymore. That's the answer, Melinda. Kitten says, what happens in the U.S. often starts traveling up. Except for Justin Bieber. Blame Canada for that one. (laughs) Speaking of the Academy Awards, remember when Blame Canada from South Park, the movie, was nominated for an Oscar for Best Song? Yes, I do recall. Yeah, Robin Williams performed that one. That was a good performance. I really enjoyed it. All right, let's talk about the girlfriend experience who had the displeasure of being called out by an American politician. She won't say her name as she doesn't think she deserves any airtime. It was a video of performing and there was a moment where she steps in front of a fan and the wind blows her clothes off and it turned into a huge thing. If I'm correct, I believe that the person was Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she claimed that there were children in the audience of said performance. Kind of important information to throw in their girlfriend, but it's fine. It's fine. But girlfriend said once the death threat started, she had to shut down her social media. She says hearing people tell her that she should kill herself and doesn't deserve to live. It was a lot. She says a lot of attention on drag queens and banning it is not an attack on drag, but on trans women. She says they look at trans women as a costume that they're putting on and that their living and experiencing isn't sincere. Denim will come in and say that people are literally talking about eradicating trans people as a whole. And girlfriend says they don't see them as people. She says she has to listen to people tell her that she will never be a woman and as a man yet doesn't get treated the same way as a man. 
She says within the first few weeks of her surgery, she got attacked twice. Someone tried to rape her. And the girls have still come to her for advice. But she has no one to turn to. Amy says that she has them now as Melinda asks what they can do to support her more. And girlfriend says just being heard means millions as it means someone is listening and they're not shouting out into emptiness. Girlfriend says being there on Drag Race validates who she is and what she does. Her drag is her, her essence, and her soul. She is ready for the world to see it. Denim says that when she walked in the workroom and saw another trans person, she instantly felt very much more comfortable. Obviously, this is a very important conversation, one that deserves to be continued to be amplified. What was your perspective on hearing another group of people from not America talk about how America is treating trans people and drag artists? I'm completely okay. Like, I I personally love it. Like, please keep calling everything that you see out from any, any like, from us, please. I don't mind it personally because like as an American, it's I I like being American. But if you see stuff like that and you want to call it out, please do. I'm not gonna take any personal offense to it. And honestly, it is stuff that does need to change. So I don't see any problem with it. Yeah, I think it was obviously again very important. And it's not the first time we've had this kind of conversation on drag race. Um I believe at the time of filming, things were a lot worse than they were because, you know, since filming and since um, court filings and shit, they've been told, no, you're wrong. Drag is a free speech of First Amendment, so you can't ban drag. Ha ha, you suck. Um, But I think there is still a lot more work to do. So the conversation in this moment, while it may feel a moment too late and dated, it's still relevant because the fight is still happening. Correct. And it was it was nice to hear from the girlfriend experience about like the genuine trans experience, like right. honestly. Right. From their perspective. Um, obviously there there's a lot of conversations. Some people don't believe that it is an attack solely on trans people, that it is on all queer community. And in a way it it, it is. Um, but they've gotten to the point where they can use drag as a decoy because it to them there is no difference. We obviously know better. Correct. All right, let's get ready to see our third ball. We head to the main stage where Brooklyn Heights looks incredible in teal and purple. Those are my colors, mama. And those jewels she is giving us drag. Our panel is real friend of WeHo star Brad Goreski. That that line did not age well at all. (laughs) Tracy Melcher and Tegan and Sarah. And you know what? They are sitting in order. So when the Chiron said Tegan and Sarah, that's who they were. Tegan and Sarah. That's how you knew who they were. That's good. That's that's good branding. Category is me, myself, and I. In honor of the runway, we'll play me, myself, and I, or me, and myself, and bye. Venus, look by Evan Clayton, hair by Abaya Mirage, jewels by Wolf Circus Jewelry, nails by Claws by Sakura. I like this, but also don't love some of the styling choices. I love the play of the leather and the feathers giving a strong contrast. I don't mind the arms and the hat and the chaps. I just don't love the tiered element of the chaps. I wish it was just one single strand. I guess she is telling us that she is a bitch who can sell a garment and, well, success. Yeah, I I feel very, like, indifferent. I like it, but is it my all-time favorite? No. No. And I think it detracts from 
the beauty of her face and hair the hat does i think it's like it's cute that it spins but i don't think you really need it tracy says she gave them a three for three candace drag race hat trick she says the velvet venus and the thigh high reveal she gave her her rosebud and she hasn't given her rosebud away in years she says she was shimmering in her shimmering showgirls and sexy brooklyn loves her first look as it gave her a glimpse of who she is she will ask if it is part of her drag that she doesn't tuck and venus says she is non-binary and there are non-binary and trans femme presenting people who have penises and if she wants to have it out brooklyn says if you're not untucked you're only getting half the story she says it was a nice twist for her and says her last look was reinventing the whole chap situation and loves that they go right to the floor Brad says he felt like her entrance look was a representation of what's going on right now in fashion. He felt it was very Mugler. He says her showgirl look was elegant and polished and gave them a show. He says she has the ability to command the space and she's in. Sarah says they love it and wants to pet her. And Tegan says her stage presence is magnificent. Magnificent. She says as a performer, that's what she was looking for first and was blown away. I will give her a me, myself, and I. Yeah, I will give her a me, myself, and I. Audience, 96% me, myself, and I, 4% me, myself, and bye. CC Superstar, look by Emil Rashin, hair by gender, Heaven Genderfuck, nails by Rosa. Wow, this was a lot of confusing things at once. The boots, um, and then the shin guards, uh, complete loss. Love the hair. The black and pink worked well, and I feel like it was it made sense to her. I do not love her makeup. It is so clown white. The silhouette and the proportions are not working for her body. It all feels very clunky. And I think there's just a lack of movement. And I believe that may be due her to her inability to move in general. Again, truly a sad miss for me. Yeah, I did not love this. Uh, I think that there's a lot of misses. And specifically, the, the whole shoe shin guard moment was just not, not it. And they could not walk in it whatsoever. No, not at all. Tracy says she feels like she is the punk rock glam queen. She thought, oh, oh, on her entrance look, but then the cascading platinum hair and love the spiderweb detail. She says the stage mom came out and says she hopes she finds her footing. Cece will say that in her head she had her own fantasy of it and says maybe it didn't translate, and it is what it is. Never say that to the judges. They don't want to hear that. Brooklyn says she is getting the punk rock look, but not the punk rock energy. The second look she was saying was interesting aesthetic and very much what she would expect of her for a showgirl. She didn't know if it was intentional, but says it was fucking hysterical and they were laughing about the fall for the rest of the day. For the runway, she says it was very streetwear, which is her, but she looks like she's attending the concert, not performing at the concert. She notes that she had a hard time walking. Brad says he understands who she is looks wise, but as a persona, he hasn't seen that yet. Brad says with her showgirl, he wasn't quite sure if what he was doing was a parody of it or if it was comedy or if she just wasn't sure what to do. Sarah says that her and Tegan would have been really close in high school because her favorite movie was Hackers. CC says this was a reference to the movie and it's happy she got it. Yeah. Me, myself, and bye. Yeah, me, myself, and bye. There are some CC fans out there. 41% me, myself, and I. 59% me, myself, and bye. Kiki Ko, look by Patrick Isarena, nails by Funeral Face Nails. This is Drag Race Philippines crowning look, mama. It is Filipiana realness. I love the pearls. I love the headpiece. The scepter is fun. I think that for some who may not be watching Drag Race Philippines, it may not read as strongly as it does, but this is quintessential drag for them and for her. Has she done better in her portfolio? I believe so. I call this a good tease of what's to come in the collection. 
Yeah, I very much liked it. Uh, I don't, I didn't love it. Like I liked it, but I didn't love it. There were some moments that I was just like, eh, take it or leave it. But, you know, overall, and for a cultural garment, it's beautiful. Brad says she gave him dragon. He says it's just a feast for the eyes. He says it's not easy to move when you have beading connecting your arms or have a gigantic feather headdress on, and she made it work. Tracy says from her workroom, look to her showgirl. She is serving drag excellence. The only note she has is she wants to see all of that kikiness in her face. Sarah says she looks so beautiful. In her rumor, she made the outfit. Kiki says she designs and makes all of her outfits. She is astonished. Tegan says she's the guy who can barely cut sleeves off a t-shirt without fucking it up, so she's impressed. And Brooklyn says, like her, she has resting bitch face, so she always looks a bit pissed off. Kiki says it's just the way she paints, and Brooklyn tells her she has a great, cute smile, and it completely changes her. So she reminds her to work on that part, too. For me, it is me, myself, and I. Yep, definitely me, myself, and I. Audience agrees 100% me, myself, and I. Luna DeBois, look by Suki Doll, hair by G.L. Walton. It's subtle and fabulous all at once. She's giving you a ter Terry McGlair fashion reference. I love the glasses. Those are boss-ass bitch glasses. Black is always a hard color to use on television. With her being so petite and having a wonderfully petite silhouette, the look doesn't pop. I love the moon headpiece being an homage to her. I think she's really going to give you fashion all season long. Now I just want the personality and originality to match it. Yeah, I liked I liked almost everything. Uh, I think that there was a little bit of dragness lacking in it. And also <laughs> with the sunglasses, they just reminded me of those alien sunglasses that are yes. like green that have the same eye shape. So I don't know why. I just was like, did she just paint those black? Listen, uh, drag is expensive, honey. It's me, myself, and I. Yeah, definitely me, myself, and I. Audience, 91% me, myself, and I, 9% me, myself, and by Aurora Matrix. All right, here we go. Let's talk about it. Look by Van Gogh, Dragon by Sapphire Woods, Hair by Wigs by Atlas, Nails by Funeral Face Nails, Jewels by Ruby Fox Club. I like the dragon motif and how she is still giving you a body. I think the way the dragon sits needed like another fitting or two. The angle on the bottom of the leg was either too straight or too bunched up. I think there was too much dragon. She did seem to have a lot of trouble in the movement department, but I could tell that this would be a fantastic photo shoot look. It sparkles right. The color story is strong. It's middle of the pack for me, actually. Yeah, I it wasn't my favorite, but it wasn't the worst. It was very heavy in that one leg, and you could see her struggle to walk in it. Yeah, it was. She was a little bow-legged kind of vibe. I think if they just shortened up that dragon or just... Yeah, just a little bit less on that one leg. I it would be pretty killer. Me, myself, and I. Yep, me, myself, and I. Audience 96%, me, myself, and I, 4%, me, myself, and buying. Near enough, no designers listed. It's so fascinating that this is what she calls her signature drag, as we have previously seen two showgirl fantasies. Not saying you can have a diverse portfolio, but this is not what I would have expected personally. I like this rock store aura she's giving off, but I don't love the complete styling. The orange rock mullet, it's bold, it works. I hate mullets, I already said that. Then you have the two-tone black and white graffiti jacket and boot. I hate 
that the white boot is on the same side as the jacket. I think it would have been so much stronger of an impact to be opposites. I know the look is colorful, but the earrings are too bright and bold for this specific color story. And the exposed corset. Do not get me started. Like it is almost a non-starter for me. Again, if it was there for a purpose, I'm here for it. But it's black. If it had been black and white and matched the rest of the cohesion of the outfit, I'd give it a pass. Spoiler, if the twist is what I think the twist is, she's going to float to the end of the show. Okay. Well, I don't know. I have no idea what it is. So I'm going to keep living that. But I agree with you. Because if you do look at the coat itself, the collars are inversed. So she should have inversed the boots as well. And I honestly think that she pulled out this look because her t- her other two looks failed so hard in that original genre mm-hmm. that she felt like maybe they wanted to see something different because she's like, I don't think they liked those first two. So we should, you know. Hey, it's possible. I mean, we have definitely heard queens um, talk about how they've adjusted their wardrobes for specific challenges, swap things around. Um, not saying everyone has enough in, uh, income and disposable income to like have an extra five looks for themselves for Drag Race, but sometimes you bring signature drag looks that are extra that you can make it work. So maybe this was an extra look. Maybe this was like a reunion look or a um, a dance look that she ended up repurposing. Correct. Yeah. Brooklyn says she loves Marilyn, but it didn't go off as smoothly as it should have, saying there were definitely some hiccups. Nira says that it's like a material girl look and it was supposed to be perfect, but that moment was not. She says she can tell she's a trained dancer in her shimmering showgirls as she has that dancer quality about her. Tegan says she picks up that she's a perfectionist, and when things go wrong, it's hard in the moment to move through it and pushes her to sell whatever she's doing, even if it's going wrong. Nira says she always likes to point out her flaws and always told to stop. And Sarah tells her she tends to do that as well, but there is a time for self-analysis and being critical, and there is a time to just bluster and be big on stage, and the stage is where you have to be big. She says she looked like she was having a great time and says it was not her favorite outfit. Tracy says her performance was on point as she was engaging and conscious of her time. She says the runway was her favorite look of hers. The boots, the black and white, the orange hair, it gave her Ziggy Stardust. Brad points out that her shimming showgirl had a bit of a baggy panty situation happening. And Nira says she had a missing piece from the look and she was serving grandma realness. He will say that each look involved a corset and they love a corset, but it was three in a row and tells her to be mindful of that. At least he said what I always keep thinking. Um, I'm going to go me, myself, and buy. Yeah, me, myself, and buy. Audience, 57% me, myself, and I. 43% me, myself, and buy. Kitten Caboodle. Look by Kitten. Hair by Sin City Wigs. Nails by Devin Nielsen. Jewels by Stage Jewels. It's rightly campy. Very much in line for her. What I do not like is the execution. Fine. Iridescent fabric is a queen's best friend, but to have the pink flare be another pop of pink iridescent is beyond confusing. But I guess it kind of counterbalances the top, and um, I guess pink really is a color. I like the butterfly motif, but then being weird, walking a stuffed cat seemed bizarre, so the presentation was not for me. There's nothing wrong with the look. It's just bottom of the pack. Yeah, there was a lot going on, and honestly, I think the mermaid could have been lower Mm -hmm. just because with how short she is, it really makes her look teeny tiny like yeah. even with a wig that big on like if she you told still me, looks like this tall 
if you told me she's the same height as Ginger Minj, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, the motif was really weird. We got Marie Antoinette. We got butterflies. We got walking a cat. I'm like, there's a lot going on. Here. The fact there's that Brooklyn was pieces. like, you better walk that cat. Y'all, you just watched Drag Race season 15, didn't you? Yeah. They're well I'm just, I'm, I'm going to go me, myself, and buy. I'm going to go me, myself, and buy as well. Audience 35%, me, myself, and I, 65%, me, myself, and buy. Amy, Yonsei, Chanel, Look by Daniel Mindiola, Jewels by Ruby Foxglove. There are some very strong elements in this blue and orange fantasy. Very strong, very powerful. I love the realness of the look because that is a coat you command a stage with. Maybe I might get some slack for saying this, but I don't mind the braided headpiece. I don't love the size and the color story because it clashed with everything else in the outfit. I would have preferred it being all a deep, rich brown, but that mug is stamped. She knows how to kill with that face. It's a good look. I just think editing might be her, a girl's best friend here. I second. I think it just needs a touch of editing and it would be spot on. The one thing is, is I hate when they have like a blue and orange look and they're like, the blue is the water and the orange is the sun. And it's like every time, every time. Is the sun orange? Because when I drew pictures, it was yellow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give her a me, myself, and I. Yeah, I'll give her a me, myself, and I as well. Audience 88% me, myself, and I. 12% me, myself, and I. The Girlfriend Experience. No designers listed. This is who she is. We will not take anything away from her for that. She looks hot, and she looks like she would be an entertaining show. I love this look. It really is representation of who she is. I want more drag. I'm not saying change who you are, but when you have these queens who are literally wearing yards of fabric and you come out in this nude ruffle experience, it's hard to compare, and in a competition, that's literally the game. I can see her being left behind because she's not pushing the envelope. Love the hair. That slight bounce is the, in the delicate wave is stunning, and especially with that pink tip. Her makeup is sensational. It's a good first impression, but I fear being bored on Drag Race. Yeah, that dress was just... It it matches her skin tone too closely that it's just like, okay, this is it. Sometimes it's nice as a drag performer to take up space, like yeah. even figuratively and like physically. So it's like to be that teeny tiny and almost pedestrian is kind of a disservice to herself. I will go soft, me, myself, and I. I'm going to go me, myself, and buy. Oh, audience, 72% me, myself, and I, 28% me, myself, and buy. Melinda Verga, look by Melinda. I can't, I'm sorry, but how is she here thinking this is the shit? This is uh, so poorly constructed. The neckline, I, it may have been hemmed, but the material made it look like it wasn't. This is giving pre-drag race before every, anyone gave a shit at a bar. Um, The blonde straight hair is literally so flat. And the earrings, they are beautiful, but not styled properly for this look with such a terrible bust. She needed a smaller earring and then a big statement necklace to break up the nude nothingness on her chest. I can tell I'm going to be annoyed by her runways all season long. This should have never. I. She has no friends in the workroom because the fact that this made it on stage looking like this. She has no friends in Edmonton. Yeah, this is this is rough. Rough, 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 rough. And the lash situation is so weird. So weird. 
Brooklyn says she's spicy. She calls her engines look very pedestrian. She says it's her first introduction to the world and she needed a little bit more. For her runway, she says she loves a simplistic look if it's done correctly and says it's so simple and would have loved to see a cleaner silhouette. She says her top lash is a bit too heavy. She reminds her that they have a lot of light shining down from above and when the lash gets too big, they cannot see into her eye and causes a lot of shadows. Brad says for her entrance look, he loved the idea of pride and celebrating it as it's so important right now, but didn't feel like it told him much about who she is as a queen. He felt her shimmering showgirl wasn't her best look and says the details on it, the feathers, the corsetting in it, and she gives them from show. He says what's great about her is she has a very bright personality and says, now let them have it. Uh, as NSYNC would say, me and myself and bye bye bye. Yes, me, myself, and bye. Awful. Audience, 14% me, myself, and I. 86% me, myself, and bye. And finally, denim. Look by Hannah R. Fisher. Nails by Perplex Lux. It's a deconstructed farm cow alien? I don't know what the hell is happening, but I would love, love off of this trip, please. I know people are going to devour this and love it, and I'm just not feeling the fantasy as I'm just very confused. In a way, it feels like a statement piece for the purpose of getting a conversation started, but I'm just lost by the perspective. Yes, compare it all you want to the wacky world of Crystal Method, but I felt like her drag had a meaning where this, for me, is lacking, and I, I get it. I know it's Prince Edward Island. Not for me. Huh? Look at you. Uh, I really, really liked it. I think that taking like old McDonald's had a farm and then throwing it into acid, like, and just it is such a pleasure for the eyes and just a wild experience that if you're going to give me like alternative drag, I really want to see like some crazy stuff. And I love that's fair. That. That's fair. Brooklyn says they have seen a lot of denim on this runway, but they have never seen anything look quite like her. She says from the moment she walked in, in her entrance look, it was a perfect introduction to denim. She loved the hair and the balls and says it was not the first time she's gagged on balls and it won't be the last. Tracy says that shimmering showgirls happen and she had a little ascot, a little kiss and a little saison of denim. She sees her. Brad says she is doing that avant-garde drag, but has this extreme polish to it. Tegan says she can see her pushing the boundaries. She doesn't know what the fuck it is, but she loves it. And Sarah says she makes her feel funny inside when she's looking at her. She looks like something she hallucinated when she took acid in high school, but fashion. I'm going to go soft to me, myself, and bye. Scandalous. I'm going to go with me, myself, and I. Audience agrees with you. 79% me, myself, and I. 21% me, myself, and bye. The judges have decided that Aurora Matrix, Amiance, Chanel, Luna Noir, the girlfriend experiencing Kitten Caboodle, are safe leaving near enough to see superstar Venus, Kikiko, and Melinda Verga as the tops and bottoms. Do you agree? Yeah. I feel like everything that they said I was pretty pretty on board with. Yeah. It worked for me. Now, we've got our first Untucked Junior of the season, and we will launch right into the tops and bottoms arriving with their smiles and frowns. Venus says there was a lot of good, some bad for sure, and she'll be asked if she got mixed, and she's like, oh, no, not me. I feel amazing. Girl. <laughs> they got the fashion vibe down. And she says to hear all that, she can take a deep breath. Yeah, she is doing what she came to fucking do, and she's doing it well. Venus says she gets a sense that some of the girls are not saying exactly what they want to say. She is doing what the other girls can't. And says it feels really good. 
All right. I'm not going to lie. I'm not loving this attitude. Um, We'll see if it adjusts as the season moves forward. I don't understand the kind of pretty girl who has to tear other people down to make themselves feel better when they already know they are the shit. Correct. You already have so many things going for you. Why are you going to tear other people down? Like It's not cute. And I know that the majority of this is said in confessional, so maybe she was baited to talk like this, or maybe she thought this was good for sound bites. I fear that it's not going to be good at the end. Yeah, definitely not. Denim is feeling good as well, as her critiques were all pretty good. She is happy that they got it and saw her. Kitten will tell Kiki that she thinks she deserves to be in the top, saying it's stunning, and who doesn't like a pearl necklace, if you know what she means. I always wondered, why do the homosexuals wear pearls? And then I was like, oh, okay, we got it, okay. <laughs> her. I just love yeah. that straight people don't get it yet, and when they start wearing it, especially guys who are going to start wearing it, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, really? Okay, okay. <laughs> I love it. It's the new Puka shell necklace. Oh god. <laughs> For Cece, she says they love the boots. Her outfit was high fashion. A little will dart her eyes and ears like survey says that was a lie. All right, she won that one. That was a good line. Cece says they called it streetwear, but elevated, fucking expensive streetwear. I must have missed that. Did that is that what they said? Yeah, no, they did not say that. No, no, maybe cutting room floor. Now, Kitten will remind C. Okay, well, she says it's not Toronto pageant drag race, and Luna again with the head dart. But CC says she is representing her drag, but Kitten will remind her, CC, um, yeah, none of the Toronto girls are in the top three, so maybe that line was a little premature. Correct. And also, why do we have to tear down other cities' drags? You know, CC says she has been doing drag for six years and didn't know she can't walk. I think you need to find new friends. You are surrounding yourself with the wrong people. Denim, if you really are a friend of Cece's, why did you tell her she can't walk? Come on, girl. But Cece says they were going off, but she is the bitch that can take it. I give it a week. She's out. I I don't think she's long for this competition. Yep. Nope. Luna believes Cece has a lot of confidence, but has to show it to the judges and just not tell them in the workroom. Now, Denim, thinking Cece was about to leave, tells her she is the glue that holds the underground together and some of her favorite opportunities she's been given were from her. She is grateful for her and happy to see her representing her drag. She is the punk ass bitch. Nira says they have learned that this is a huge competition because look at the cast, d- details matters, like her diaper panty. She expected herself to be in the bottom, but she c- will roll with the punches and is- says, One bad day on the biggest day of your life, she is ready to give a show if she has to lip sync. Now, Melinda, well, she thinks she will be lip sync as they said her entrance was pedestrian, and girlfriend is like, They said pedestrian? And she's like, Yep, that was the word. Really, what the subtext was, girlfriend was like, oh, uh, yeah, it was pedestrian. Thank God they said it to you. Correct. They read this correctly. Melinda knows who she is at the core, but she is befuddled, confused, and a little perplexed that it didn't translate. Now, here we go. Out of nowhere, Venus will get Melinda to tell the class that she's been going through it. Melinda reveals that her journey there was close to impossible. She was just starting to move on in the process in the same day her partner had a mini stroke. She's not feeling completely there because of how she left him in Edmonton. Kiki will say, as a Filipino, you always have to work for your family and support them and work as much as you can and tells her she is very inspiring. Melinda says there is no giving up. She's a tough bitch. 
She didn't get there because of her struggles. She got there despite her struggles. She is telling herself she didn't go through all that just to go home week one. Now, usually those who love watching the edit of a television show like Drag Race, you know when you get a backstory like that, it either means you know it was your only chance to say it before you're eliminated or you were prodded to say it because you're going to be eliminated soon. But the thing that confuses me is how it came up. Why Venus? Did it come up on the main stage? Yeah, it. That's that is weird that that connection did happen. Uh, and also the fact that they showed it, I thought she was going home. I was like, oh, you're going home tonight. And then obviously what happens, happens. Yeah. Um, but, you know, listen, I understand that's a really, really tough, tough, tough thing to do. And I mean, I don't know. I'm not partnered. No one wants me. Um, but when your partner ha- has a health issue like that, like they're your world. And in a way, like you you have to kind of rely on your partner when you get ready for a, an experience like this. So if they're not there with you because they have their own problem, like it makes you almost wonder, do you pass it up for now? Um, so I can imagine the struggle she's going through struggles don't buy fashion correct the struggle still would have happened even if they had a different arriving to canada's drag race experience right so the decisions are in expect the unexpected what is this big brother brooklyn shut your mouth it's starting (laughs) right now no one's going home venus denim are the top two of the week and they will lip sync for the win Kiki, Nira, Melinda, and Cece are safe. Do you agree? No, I think people should have gone home. <laughs> Listen, it's the fucking trend of 2023. The amount of shows that have not eliminated people on episode one, it's kind of amazing. Well, didn't in the UK we went three episodes and only one person went home? Like the first three episodes. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> The person that got edited out, I forgot. Is it possible we had a 12 contestant here? I don't know. Someone find out. I, Ooh, I it's possible, probably. That would be a good that would 11 is a, a weird number. 11 yeah. is a weird number. All right, it's time to lip sync, and the song is Feeling in My Bones by Tiesto featuring Tegan and Sarah. Why that song of all other songs? <laughs> Can I tell you what song I wanted? What song? Everything is awesome. Same. Same. It would have been so silly and campy. And Denim performing that song would have been amazing because she's so probably cute and fun. It. Yeah, um, exactly. But listen, Venus is a bitch because she knows that she is that bitch. She yeah. is wildly engaging and captivating as an entertainer. You can have confidence because it's backed up. Just check it. That's all I say, Venus. Just check it and be careful. Correct. Like having that ounce of humble will just take you miles further. But honestly, they are a very captivating performer. Even if if they showed them side by side, I still would have been watching Venus the entire time. Denim is a weirdo, and I do think weirdos have a place in this wild drag world. I just needed a bit more dynamite in her performance moving forward, though. I don't anticipate her seeing the bottom much this season, so I don't think we're going to be seeing her lip syncing much. The judges are eating her up. Correct. The winner of the week is Venus. Denim is safe. Do you agree? I agree. All right. Well, I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast up. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. 
what is this lip sync's legacy? Where does it land in the world of non-eliminations? Oh, I'm gonna for, I'm literally gonna forget about this after this podcast is done filming or I recording. Think so too. It's gone. It was fine. It was what it was. It was what it was. It was serviceable. Who won the week? Who had the best episode? Uh see, that's hard. Cause like I think denim won personality wise mm-hmm. and look wise. Venus just won look wise. Like I, I still, I still don't get a good read on Venus. So I think I'm going to say Denim won the episode. I, I'm going to say Venus simply because she was the face of the episode. Denim is a very close second because we are being set up to be told this is the one you love. Yeah. All right, we have a QVC challenge. It's an acting challenge. Who do you anticipate will do well, and who's going to bomb? I feel like this is going to be like what, like the snatch game from season what 14 where it's like everybody's just awful i don't i don't foresee a lot of superstars i feel like kitten caboodle will do a lot i think she'll probably walk away with it because she seems like she has the personality for that kind of thing because she's been around with for qvc's birth probably (laughs) yes correct all right we're gonna learn that the golden beaver twist is coming what do you think it's gonna be I don't know. It's stupid. I already was just like, what is this? I'm good. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like the chocolate bar again. Maybe. Listen, you golden beaver chocolate. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. After one episode, the winner of the season is. Uh, I'm going to put my money on denim. All right. I think based on this episode, I would like to say venus that being said i would like to see aurora win she's got good moments this episode but she wasn't a star of the episode but i think she'll go far yeah and i mean hey she's just dipping her toes in the water right now there's still a lot of girls there'll be time all right where can we find you on social media venmo and any projects you want to plug you can find me at Ophelia underscore drag on Instagram and Venmo. And, you know, I'm just always performing around Maine. Just you can follow. If you look at my Instagram, you'll see. You'll Are see you the, the main event? <laughs> I was part of that burlesque troupe, but. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was a blast chatting with you. Yes. Thank you for having me.